You know, if there's one thing that I have learned in life, it is this. Sin ruins everything. And I do mean everything. And that virtue is the answer. It is righteousness that exalts a nation. And there simply is no substitute. Honesty, like all the other virtues that I've often discussed in my podcasts, honesty is a stabilizing bedrock of every nation. And only when honesty prevails can a nation even begin to function and its people be secure. I believe we can observe this among some of the cultures around the world that suffer greatly because of godlessness, including the sin of dishonesty. We can begin to see why God demands his children be completely honest if we imagine for a moment living in a culture where lying is as commonplace as honesty, where everyone is expecting a bribe. You just don't know how much. Everyone from the police officers to the judges to building inspectors to border control and even the committee that decides whether or not you get your permit to add an addition to your home. Imagine how hard it would be to navigate life in a godless, dishonest nation where a signed or notarized legal contract means absolutely nothing because virtually everyone is trying to rip everyone else off. It is no exaggeration to say that to the degree a nation practices the righteousness prescribed by the Creator is the degree to which a nation will thrive, period. Like every other virtue that makes a nation flourish, honesty begins in the heart of each individual personally, and the cumulative effect of every individual adding these virtues to their lives as individuals is that good triumphs over evil within the culture. So that's what I'll be taking a look at on this podcast. That is growing more honesty within our own character as individuals. So first things first, what does God say about the value of being honest? We learn in John 8, 32, when Jesus says the truth will set you free, that dishonesty, in fact, imprisons. If the truth sets you free, dishonesty imprisons in the long run. Only the truth can set us free. My encouragement for you then is that you tell yourself the truth at every turn. And if you are a young woman, tell yourself the truth, even about the really cute bad boy who is showing you all that attention. And you won't believe what you will set yourself free from. Tell yourself the truth about what your ingratitude or laziness or pride or lust or fears are costing you so that you can set yourself free from all that to live the blessed life that God offers you. Tell yourself the truth about your own mortality and you'll be set free to live every day to the fullest. The culture says renouncing Christianity will set you free. Financial prosperity will set you free. How is that working for the world? Well, depression rates have skyrocketed. Drug use rates and suicide rates are through the roof the more secular and godless our nation becomes. Open your eyes, everyone. Wake up. Only truth will set us free. Let's tell the truth. What else does God say about the value of being honest? Proverbs 28.6 says, It is better to be poor and honest than rich and evil. Let's set out instead to be rich in loving relationships. Let's be rich in acts of kindness and things like this and see if God does not make our cup overflow. Psalms 23. 
Proverbs 11.1 1 says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Honesty is not just verbal. It flows in every action. Dishonesty in business disgusts the eternal father, but fair dealing delights him. Another passage along these lines is Proverbs 6.16 through 20, where among the six things that God hates is a lying tongue and the false witness who utters lies. What do you say we not do what God absolutely hates? This God who loves us with all of his heart and wants only for us to love him back, who holds our eternal destiny in his hand. The Lord hates a lying tongue and a false witness who breathes out lies. He hates dishonesty because he loves us so. And it's our dishonesty that would separate us from him eternally because it deviles our soul. In fact, check out Mark 7, 20 through 22 that says that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. You see, dishonesty dirties our soul, but a clean heart cannot produce deceit, false witness, or slander. That's why God offers each of us a fresh start through faith, repentance, and baptism. Private message us at Nomad Jew and I. If you have not been baptized into Christ and are looking for someone to baptize you, because God himself says that's the way he has chosen to do the work of washing away our sins, including the sin of dishonesty. Acts twenty two sixteen says, Now why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. So let's shift gears here to when do you think people find it the most difficult to tell the truth? I think often it is the most difficult to tell the truth when you know the truth might make someone else feel sad or criticized or even attacked. But Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. The ones who genuinely love you most will not be silent if you are in self-destruction mode. Love is why we must say the hard truths. And upholding truth helps everyone in the long run and is worlds more important than momentarily hurting someone's feelings who is setting their life on fire. Wrong is always wrong. And when we stay silent in these situations, it hurts everyone. The truth is that in many cases, the one whose feelings were hurt initially in the end, if they see the light, wise up and turn their life around, they will feel gratitude to you for the rest of their lives. This is how real loyalty is expressed. In fact, H.H. Lydell Hart reminds us, loyalty is a noble quality. So long as it is not blind and does not exclude the higher loyalty to truth and decency. So when else do you think people might find it most difficult to tell the truth? I'd like to suggest that it is often more difficult to tell yourself the truth than to tell others the truth. A lie can be tempting when it is very convenient and in some ways makes one feel more pleasure or more importance or more power. So they lie to themselves because it feels good and it makes them feel more esteemed by the people around them whose favor they are courting. But the truth about self-deception is that illusions never change into something real. Or as another writer put it, quote, reality is that which when you stop believing it doesn't go away, unquote. 
Psalm 15, 1 through 5 talks about being honest with yourself deep down to your core when it says, O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart. There are a lot of people who are always way more upset by the sins of other people around them than they are about their own sins and have lied to themselves much more than they've ever been lied to. In fact, and why is this? Well, a Greek orator, Demosthenes, noted, nothing is as easy as deceiving yourself for what you wish you readily believe. So self-deception has been human nature from the beginning, but since what you wish you readily believe, the answer to this problem is clear. The answer is to train your heart to wish for the truth, no matter how inconvenient the truth is. For after you've dealt with the inconvenience of the truth that you've just realized, you now have the option of embracing it living out the implications of that truth, and reaping the treasures of living accordingly. The alternative to remaining in a state of self-deception is an incredibly bleak, slippery slope because as Thomas Carlyle noted, self-deception, once yielded to all the other deceptions, follow naturally more and more. So self-deception should be avoided at all costs because as Aldous Huxley has noted, quote, reality cannot be ignored except at high price. And the longer the ignorance is persisted in, the higher and the more terrible becomes that price that must be paid, unquote. So that, my friends, is what is going on in our culture at present. Instead of fearing the God who is worthy to be loved and feared, the culture is instead terrified of everything else, including their own mortality and one another. Falsehood is often birthed by misplaced fear. But we can never be strong and free if we let self-deceit become our refuge. So what might we do to make it easier for those around us to be honest? Well, one suggestion would be to respond to them in a way that is forgiving and helps look for specific solutions to overcome whatever their self-destructive behavior can be. When we confess our sins to one another, we show that we are also a work in progress, just as they are, and be open with the things that we are also working on. So what godly virtues must temper honesty for honest words to be more effective? Galatians 6, 1 says that when we are restoring someone who has gotten themselves trapped by sin, that we are to do so in, quote, a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. When we must state hard truths to others, let's practice the golden rule by treating others the way that you'd want to be treated, wording those conversations in the most amount of love and the least amount of verbal force as is necessary to help another see for themselves the truth and decide for themselves to save themselves in the ways that God has provided. For only they and God are in control of rescuing their soul. It's like God throws out the ring buoy and they grasp it. Our job is just letting them know that there is a ring buoy available if they want a rescue. Once we've gently said and done what we can, we are not responsible for how others respond to the truth. So we do best not to take the blame like, oh, their destruction is my fault because I'm not persuasive enough. It is up to them to grasp 
grasp that buoy and accept God's rescue. Secondly, we also see in this verse that we are not only to be gentle, but also humble when we are attempting to rescue another because the truth is we might be the next one who needs a rescue. So switching gears to how might Satan twist the virtue of honesty? Well, Satan wants us to use honesty as an excuse to be rude or mean or enjoy the feeling of being domineering. But rudeness and meanness is not persuasive. And the goal is not just to show someone he's in error. The bigger goal is to put him in possession of the truth. And that is something that one must choose to do for themselves if they love truth. So let's not forget to tell him or her what the truth is on the matter that we've just addressed and how beautiful their life can be if they live out that truth. So I just would like to remind those listening to this podcast today that God says the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, 1 Timothy 1.5. So with that goal in mind, our next question is what part does honesty have in helping us to love God and one another better? We've talked about speaking only the truth is one indispensable way of treating others the way that we'd like to be treated. Luke 6.31. But how else does honesty help us love God? and one another better. Well, Philippians 2, 4 through 8 says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to say how he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant and humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. For many of us, risking being hated and attacked for speaking love by saying hard truths is almost torturous and the last thing in the world that we feel like doing. But we learn from this passage that love alone is worth that risk. And this is why we are willing to empty ourselves, put others' interests ahead of our own, and serve the souls that we love by saying the hard truths that have the potential to rescue them if they will but listen. Here's a different point about what brotherly love has to do with honesty. Colossians 3.9 says, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its old practices. You see, as God's child, lying would be incongruent with the new person that you've become. In Proverbs 16.28, we see how, quote, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends, unquote. See, your job and mine in life is to spread love and draw God's family together. Together. Dishonesty and gossip spreads only strife and ruins relationships. And these relationships are supposed to be so close that the pain in another Christian's heart feels like your own. Ephesians 4.25 says, Laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Unquote. Clearly, the reason God wants us to speak the truth to one another is because we are members of one another. I've got one more idea for you around how you can use honesty as an expression of love. And that is this. When we are honest about being hurt by a spouse or a friend, our honesty about our feelings may be the very thing that saves a perishing friendship. And our honesty may even place it on a firmer foundation than it had even before you were hurt. But if we instead harbor unspoken pain, that will often end very badly. 
to avoid this, I heard of one technique a marriage counselor advised, and that is to just sort of whisper or quietly say ouch immediately to communicate when your feelings are hurt. Because more often than not, it was unintentional and sometimes just a misunderstanding. And when it is not a misunderstanding, then at least the cards are on the table so your friend knows how you feel and you might know a painful truth about something that needs some work. So what are some good approaches for teaching honesty in children? Some parents have a principle that if their children confess a transgression, that they should be shown mercy, but if they conceal their sin, that they receive a double portion of the consequences. That makes sense to me, especially given the fact that 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Next, I would say set a good example. If you don't want your kids to lie to you, don't lie to them or anyone else. If they hear you telling lies, they won't believe that honesty is important and you'll instead be teaching them how to be hypocritical, truth be told. You know what story really makes an impression about the value of honesty? It's The Boy Who Cried Wolf, which so colorfully illustrates the negative consequences of lying when, as you'll recall, the shepherd repeatedly calls for help as a prank, but the one time that he really needs help and the wolf is really there, the villagers don't come to his rescue because of his past dishonesty. As a parent, when your child lies, you may want to ask why they felt like they needed to lie. Explain how trust is very difficult to earn and that lying hurts relationships because it causes such mistrust. I would recommend a couple of books for a deeper dig into things that can help children learn about honesty through stories, and that would be the Book of Virtues, and then another book that I found very, very useful and I used to teach a parenting class is called Teaching Your Children Values by Richard and Linda Iyer, E-Y-R-E. And that book was very helpful because it breaks down different practical ways to teach all kinds of virtues to children at every age level. So that's very, very handy. All right, moving on. What blessings does God say come to those who practice honesty? Lots of beautiful things come our way as a result of being honest. Proverbs 12:22 says lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. I am blown away that after all the times that my God has forgiven me and with all my faults and shortcomings and weaknesses that I can do anything that God in his absolute pristine holiness would delight in. But it's true. Our honesty brings delight to God. Let's make God happy, my listeners, by being honest. Here's another blessing that we cannot do without in this world, so darkened by sin and the consequences of sin. Get a load of what God says happens when we dwell on things that are the honest truth. Philippians 4, 8-9 tells us that we are to dwell on things that are true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute, excellent, and worthy of praise. When we meditate on things that are true, the God of peace will be with us. What a reminder to turn off the media that is lying to your face and replace it with only true things like the Word of God. There is no substitute for receiving the peace of God, including trendy things like transcendental meditation, chanting, CBD, crystals. I mean, 
Nothing else is powerful enough to give you real peace than the power that comes from the one who created planet Earth. So what other blessings does God say comes to those who practice honesty? 1 Peter 3, 10 through 12 says, The one who desires life and to see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it, unquote. So if we keep ourselves from deceit, we learn here that we will love life more and see more good days. Verse 12 goes on to warn us of something that none of us can afford. It says, quote, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, unquote. What a good reminder to be honest in both big and small things so that the face of the Lord will shine on us rather than be against us. Luke 16, 10 says, He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Our honesty should be in matters not only great, but also small and all those things in between. So just a little reminder as we wind things down. Let's be careful to not even exaggerate truth. For as someone has once noted, to exaggerate truth is to weaken it. And adding to the truth is in reality subtracting from it. Truth does not need to be overstated. It will stand solid on its own. I ran across a prayer that apparently originated in Kenya and I believe makes for a very appropriate closing on this podcast. It says, from the cowardice that dare not face truth, from the laziness that is contented with half truth, from the arrogance that thinks it knows all truth, Lord, deliver me. Thank you so much for joining this episode of Nomads, you and I. I hope it's been an encouragement to you. God bless.